I realised that the young people in Scotland are really not that different from the States. How do we engage our younger folk um, as potential leaders and invest in them as leaders and give them leadership responsibilities? And I, I actually think that's a key thing in the Church of Scotland. Most of our session members are over 60 and yet we're trying to shape a church that's suitable for younger people. So, yeah, that, that really is a key one. Unless we get younger people into leadership roles, then we won't shape things well. And actually, young folk want to take on those kind of responsibilities. That's certainly what we've discovered at Lone Head as we've worked through this. And the other one, and this one always raises the hackles, is prioritise young people and families everywhere. And folk look at that and uh, shake their heads at it and think, you know, that's terrible. You know, we've got all these older folk around the church and we need to prioritise them. And I think there is a, a kind of wake up call in that. Um, in our churches, we've tended to prioritise older folks. So we've not changed because we don't want to upset the older folk. And this is really challenging that. But I think it's a challenge that needs to come. Welcome to Emerging Emmaus and today we are growing young. That's not a beauty therapy folks, though it could maybe described as that in the church by some, but it is a process by which churches in Scotland have been learning to really connect with our younger people, that is millennials, and to help them grow up in the faith and become leaders in our churches. And today we've got our plodding podcasters, Rev Neil Urker and Ruth Kennedy. I am so excited to get another big dose of encouragement from the Emerging Emmaus podcast today, and especially with these fantastic guests who are joining us for our conversation. Yes, we have Graham Duffin from Bonehead Parish Church, Lothian now part of Lothian Borders Presbytery and Sheila Notman, worship leader and jack of many trades at Traquir Parish Church, Dumfries and Galloway formerly, now Southwest Presbytery. So let's dive in. Now, Graham, growing young, what on earth is growing young and, and how, did it, how did it reach our shores? Uh, growing Young is a project that was really started um, by Fuller, Fuller Youth Institute and we have had contact with them in the past. We've used Todd Balsinger from Fuller. And so I'd heard a bit about Growing Young, really got in contact with them, realised that they had researched really quite deeply with churches what key things were in churches that were growing young, where there were younger people around, where they were engaging them. And they, they did a whole lot of research. And it was that that really kind of interested us and went to find out a bit from them about what they were doing. And many folk will say, well, it's, it's, a, it's a US thing, it's an American thing. What convinced you that this was a transferable, culturally relevant thing for us as well, Graham? Yeah, I, I'd done a whole lot of work on generational characteristics over the years, and I realised that the young people in Scotland are really not that different from the States. They may have been in different generations, you know, if you go back 50 years or so, but really very little difference. And because of the work I'd done on generational characteristics, I recognised the value of the research that they'd done. So a very different setting in the States, but I recognised that young people in Scotland are really no different from the young people in the States. 
and it really was very robust research that they had done. I think the other thing that convinced us, we actually went out to Fuller and met with them. And we met there a bunch of folk who were very gracious and who wanted to learn about our setting in Scotland and wanted to adapt what they were doing for a setting that we were in. And that really encouraged us to think, no, we can partner with them and could see this really having an impact in Scotland. Excellent. And it has continued. It started when? And and how did you bring it to Scotland? And what's been happening in Scotland? Pre-COVID, we ran a conference, invited a number of churches to, to come to Kinross and spoke a bit about growing younger churches and planned to, to launch that just about the time that COVID hit. Um, we really thought quite carefully about whether to, to wait until COVID passed. But I think, as it turns out wisely, uh, we decided to do it through COVID. So 2020 kind of kicked everything off and did a two-year cohort with around 20 churches across Scotland. Excellent. And Traqueer Parish Church was one of these churches and congregations. Sheila, what, what were your thoughts as you entered into this process and how did it evolve? Well, for us, actually, we were introduced to Growing Young through Scripture Union Scotland. Um, at, at the time, I was working for Scripture Union Scotland and um, they, they were interested in growing young. And so we heard quite a lot about it and our church had heard quite a lot about it through our links with our local regional worker. But then, lo and behold, the Church of Scotland was going to take this on as a project. And so we were actually quite keen to get involved at that point because we had already been to a kind of mini conference that SU had run and so we were like Graham said we were aware of what looked like the quality of what that program was going to be like so we were very keen to become involved. And has your congregation been uh, an ageing congregation? Has it, has, has it made a difference? Is it making a difference? Yes, it's definitely making a difference. I think the big difference it made for us was that over many years we've been a congregation that has been constantly focused on change. We've been changing, 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 but I think we had maybe got to a point where not exactly that we had run out of inspiration, but we were definitely looking for what the next step, step for us would be. To be honest, we had been on another couple of different programmes which hadn't really come to anything, not necessarily any fault of those programmes. Maybe they weren't really suited to us uh, or whatever, but we decided that Growing Young would be very worthwhile uh, to do. And so therefore we went into it on that basis because we were just, we were looking, I suppose, for guidance as to what our, our next steps would be. As I say, we had done quite a few things, but there were things that we were maybe, we had almost like got so far, but then weren't really sure how to break through into the next uh, the next level of, of change that we needed. So, yes. And Graham, tell us a bit about the, the input that congregations get if they sign up for the Growing Young process and... You know, how does it work out? I think if it hadn't been for COVID, we would have done in-person conferences and would have had a, a couple of conferences each year uh, over a weekend. Um, as it transpired, we, we ended up doing everything online and, and found actually that that worked for us. Um, so we've presently got a second cohort running with congregations in Lothian and Borders. Um, so we've been able to do some in-person stuff, but we've actually stuck with doing a Saturday rather than a full weekend conference. 
So there's that kind of input at conference level. We've done webinars as well. We provide a coach for every congregation who sits alongside and helps folk work through what's there. Um, we provide a survey so that folk are able to fill in a questionnaire. And there are six key characteristics that we talk about people developing. So they get an idea of what their strengths and weaknesses are, areas that they might work specifically on. So those kind of things are, are, are what we provide through all that we do through the cohort. And let's think about those six key planks or parts of the pie that make up the Growing Young process. Key chain leadership, empathy today, Jesus message, warm relationships, prioritizing young people everywhere uh, and becoming best neighbors. Sheila, what, what were the particular planks, things that helped you or really encouraged you and helped you evolve your connection and growing of young people in, in your congregation? Well, I think once we had done the survey, it actually came as no particular surprise to us what our, what our stronger areas and our weaker areas were. Because I think largely, um, certainly in the Growing Young team and across the congregation, we did recognise um, what they were. And we've, our church has always been a very Jesus message focused church. So it was no surprise to us that we scored very highly there. But our, our weakest area that was pointed out was being the best neighbour. And so that really enabled us, you know, one of the things they said at the start was once you get the results of your survey, obviously the thing you score top in is apart from anything else it's the thing that you really like and possibly the one the ones that are more at the bottom are the ones that naturally for whatever reasons you've stepped back from those things there might have been previous difficulties or anything like that and so they said don't just go more focusing on the stuff you're strong at already focus on your your weaker areas and so we began then to really focus very strongly on being the best neighbours and really putting our, our our focus and our efforts into that rather than putting more effort into the stuff that we've already always um, been doing and I think that that was really helpful for us because the temptation always is to just keep on doing the things you like um, and maybe just shy away from the things that maybe you're not are not so naturally your thing but are still part um, of the call of Christ so that's really where we were. I think in our situation you know, Fullerton was involved in the growing young process as well and and we had the pleasure of, of partnering with you as, as part of the you know, same cohort, which was lovely. And I think I think the key chain leadership question, you know, are we actually asking the question, what, are there younger people who could take on this role, join in uh, and help with leadership? Uh, that was the that was probably the one that, that we particularly homed in on. But but all six of them are great aids and pointers to growing young. Graham, what, what was the experience of, of other churches uh, in relationship to the, the six themes? Yeah, I, mean, I think different churches were obviously in different places. I think for many churches, the two that were the key areas for them were unlocking keychain leadership. So it was that sense of how do we engage our younger folk um, as potential leaders and invest in them as leaders and give them leadership responsibilities. And I, I, I actually think that's a key thing in the Church of Scotland. Most of our session members are over 60 
and yet we're trying to shape a church that's suitable for younger people. So yeah, that, that really is a key one. Unless we get younger people into leadership roles, then we won't shape things well. And actually, young folk want to take on those kind of responsibilities. That's certainly what we've discovered at Lone Head as we've worked through this. And the other one, and this one always raises the hackles, is prioritise young people and families everywhere. And folk look at that and uh, shake their heads at it and think, you know, that's terrible. You know, we've got all these older folk around the church and we need to prioritise them. And I think there is a, a kind of wake-up call in that. Um, in our churches, we've tended to prioritise older folk, so we've not changed because we don't want to upset the older folk. And this is really challenging that. But I think it's a challenge that needs to come. So those two have often been the lowest points for folks. So keychain leadership, getting younger folk into leadership and genuinely prioritising young people and families uh, everywhere within our churches. Certainly in our experience at Fullerton, when younger people come in, what we found is that older people are delighted. They're, they're, they're just stoked to see younger people come in and younger families. There are those that say, oh, I don't recognise anyone in this church anymore. Um, but but, but they're, they're the fewer, I think. And uh, Ruth, we've got to bring you in here because you are younger than us all uh, by quite a lot. And you're involved with uh, working with folk in their 20s and 30s and even younger. So Ruth, you come in and and ask some questions or make some comments. Yeah, thanks, Neil. And thanks, Graham and Sheila as well, for just really outlining the growing young culture and the practicalities of how it can help churches transform their culture in a way that's, um, I, I think we're getting to hear about the good fruit that's coming from it. Um, I'm currently the pioneer minister with the under 40s in Dunblane. And kind of the main focus of my work is with, under 40s who actually are not connected with the church. And what I've found really fascinating is a lot of the stories that I hear from unchurched under 40s are quite similar to stories with under 40s in church. So I'm just wondering, one in particular is about having time for families to connect with other families. And I'm just wondering, how does that fit within growing young? I mean, We've been hearing there a little bit about the the six um, priorities or the or the six parts within growing young, and um, just thinking about a real practical expression of that. Maybe Sheila, maybe this is something that you've seen. How, when you hear those stories about families wanting to connect with other families, how does that sit within a growing young culture? I think that there are two key things that we're really teaching through growing young. One would be about listening. And the second would be about experimenting. So what you're saying is, here's what I'm hearing from people. So growing young would be saying, okay, how do you respond to what you've heard? If families are saying we want places where we can connect, how do we create that as a church? So that those are kind of key principles really are, you know, how do we listen well? And that listening has to be done very early on. So don't assume that you know what folk are looking for. And it sounds like you've started your work well and kind of listening to what people are saying and then shape what you do around what they're saying to you. So that those those would be principles, really, of, of the work of growing young as we take things forward. Sheila, yourself, your experience? For us, some of it has been about um, having activities 
um, and even missional activities actually that families can do together. So one of the um, main things that that we have done is our church sits beside a river and if you look across the river there's a lovely park and on a Sunday morning in that lovely park the junior park run happens every week and we have a few young people in our congregation children who were part of that junior park run and so their families said wouldn't it be great if the church could offer to marshal the park run and so that's what we did. We went to the park run and we said maybe like once a month or once every six weeks, we'll provide a team to marshal because these same parents had said to us, the park run people are always trying to scramble for volunteers to marshal the park run. And so we thought, well, that's a place where we could be present um, and we could be um, becoming known there. So that's what we did. And so now we have the children are actually running in the park run and the, the parents, along with other uh, folks who attend our church, are marshalling that park run um, once um, every six weeks or so. And so that's been a way for us not only to, to, to reach out, but has also been a way for families to reach out together. Uh, and that's been a real, a real key thing. Um, for us. That is just music to my ears. It's wonderful. Um, I'm also a sports chaplain with Scottish Cycling Mountain Bike Community. And I know from experience that when you hold events, you are really short of marshals. You want, that's the area you really need help in. And so we've done similar-ish things about, uh, for example, Love Dumblane an expression of the church loving Dumblain was to get involved with a small team of marshals to go and help the local road race. And it's such a brilliant way of being involved. So it really is wonderful to hear how you have grown intergenerationally with what is happening already in the community and valuing and honouring what your children are doing. And I suppose I'm using those words very poignantly because you are valuing that the children who are running in that junior park run are actually there because God's put something in them to be there and you're not thinking oh why are they not here but going oh let's support you in what you are doing and I think having that as part of our church culture is so refreshing and and just life-giving and I'm curious was that something that kind of attitude, was that something that was already part of the DNA of your church? Or was that something that Growing Young introduced you to? Or actually, was it something that was there in small seed form that going through the Growing Young process amplified? So maybe just to, to be completely frank, one of the things I would say is that the park run happens early. So the children who go to park run then come to church. <laughs> So I can't I can't make out that we've said it's OK for you to be a park run rather than be at church, because I'm afraid that's not what we've said. Uh, but because park run happens early, what happens is these families then come straight from park run up to church. They grab a cup of coffee and then come into the service. Um, and so that's that's really great. And so when we go to Marshall, it's the same thing. We go to Marshall and then we come to worship. Uh, so that's all great. I w now, in terms of your actual question, I would say that growing young really helped. I would say that it opened our eyes um, to these opportunities. So it's not that these opportunities were not there or that we didn't know about them. But I just think that we had become 
I, I want to say more daring in what we might consider, uh, what, you know, as something that we should be doing. Uh, we, th some of our other ideas in the past might have just been, a, I just, I, I don't know, just a lot more. Uh, daring is the only word I, I can think of at the moment to to really ex express that. That I think are are we widened out a lot more of the what opportunities do we have and what could we do and maybe things that in the past people might have thought well there's no point in me really mentioning that because that's just probably not something that that we're going to do suddenly they're mentioning it and we're doing it that's amazing i i, I love that daring faith and i'm i'm curious if i could have just one one wee last question neil if that's all right graham i'm just wondering in your original vision before you brought Growing Young and introduced that whole cultural approach to our church, you obviously had a vision about where the church might be, what it might look like, how Growing Young might colour it. Um, was that kind of daring faith part of what you saw? And, and what else did you see that Growing Young might bring to our churches? We can't play safe so often in church life, not take risks. And... The hope was that the culture of churches would change so that they would begin to take risks. They would begin to think about things they hadn't thought about before and take those forward. And the whole hope of, of growing young is that we, we connect with younger folk in meaningful ways. And um, certainly what we were part of the growing young cohort ourselves at Lone Head. Uh, and certainly we, what we've discovered recently is young, young folk are interested in faith. That there are a whole lot of things that Perhaps they're not interested in, but faith is not one of them. They give them the opportunity to explore it and take it forward. And many of them do, but church has not been a place often they've been able to do that. So hope was that church would become a place where uh, young folk would find an opportunity to talk about faith, but also a place where they could belong, because young people are desperate for places to belong and to find a culture that welcomed them. Um, with all the baggage they come with and all the baggage that we've got as well uh, to share together. You know, that was part of the vision. How do we change our churches so that we become places of welcome, become places where young folk can, can find roots or put roots down and genuinely find that they belong. So those kinds of things were in our mind when we started. Growing this intergenerational church is, of course, what God's all about and in your experience has uh, certainly one thing I remember Jake and company in their talks, one of the things that recurred was that they were saying that you know, young people like older people and older people and be scared of younger people, but when they really get talking to younger people, they like younger people. That in fact, when we really get down to sharing time with each other and being willing to, to, to step over the, the fear factor possibly, there is such an enrichment in relationship and, and opportunities that can grow out of that. Is, is that the case? Has that, has that been your experience? That's certainly been the experience, I think, of all of the churches. As I said, the, the one that folk kind of roll their eyes at is prioritising young people and families everywhere. And what Fuller says, if you do this, everybody benefits. You think that if you prioritise young people, other folk will lose out. Uh, and they say the pie actually grows bigger. And that, that's certainly been our experience at Lone Head and of other churches that have discovered that as they've done this, 
the life that's created around the church blesses everybody of every generation. You know, as you were saying earlier, Neil, folk like to see younger people around. It brings a life and a vibrancy. And when, a, when somebody's been doing a job for a long time, finds a younger person who's going to work alongside them, suddenly what they were doing becomes less of a drudge. It becomes something exciting for them. So, and I think a number of churches have actually resisted using the growing young tag when they've been doing this project so that they don't put folk off because they've recognised that it's actually about growing the whole church across the generations. Uh, and the whole project has been about culture change so that young folk find a part and a place, but it blesses actually every generation. And I think that, that almost across the piece with all the churches that have taken part has been their experience. Yeah, Sheila, has that, has that been yours? Yes, I think that one of the the things that, that we were able to do, and, and, and I have to say that Graham mentioned previously that there was a, a, a thought for a while as to whether should we continue this during COVID or not, and the decision was taken yes. Actually, for us, that was one of the best things that happened uh, because during COVID, you know, it was that crisis time where church was not normal. So you maybe didn't have the same debates or arguments dare I say about changes that might be made because nothing was normal and so you know you move to an online offering which maybe is quite different from from what the the the, the, the normal normal offering was and so what we did during that time was we had a young person every week record the welcome the very first thing in our service, a young person said, you know, welcome to our service, da-da-da-da-da-da. We were not prescriptive about it. We didn't say, you have to say this or you have to include this. We just said, you say what you think is a good welcome. And that got recorded and put out. And then as we went back to in-person, we decided that that was not going to change. So now we've actually moved, we've moved away from it, always being a young person that does it. It's a different person that does it every week. But what happened there was younger people, especially people in their 20s, I have to say of whom there are not that many in our congregation, suddenly they became so visible. People knew them. People heard their voices. And so therefore, maybe at the end of a service, for example, it gave an older person a reason to go up to that person and say, I really enjoyed what you said today as a conversation starter and as an icebreaker where maybe in the past they would have thought, like you said, you know, sometimes older people are a bit nervous about speaking to younger people. It meant that they had a reason to speak and there was not, you know, they were not quite so nervous. So that's something that we've, that we've carried on. It does mean that the welcomes in our morning service are everything from chalk to cheese. Um. You know, there's that lovely Church of Scotland word intimations, which nobody outside the Church of Scotland even knows what the word intimations means that we've been so kind of wedded to. Uh, but what it means is that our, our, our congregation is also everything from chalk to cheese. So let's have a welcome every week that, uh, that, that, that suits different members of the congregation as we as we go forward. It's brilliant to hear these really encouraging stories about churches throughout the land that you've been involved with 
that have a commitment to growing and growing young and involving younger generations. But I suppose the obvious question is when we have churches that maybe don't see that they have connections with the younger generations. And it's we hear the phrase, we don't have any young people or we don't have the under 40s. What's your experience with churches like that or or how do you help encourage churches who are in that place? The cohort that we're currently running uh, with Lothian and Borders, so we've got 10 congregations involved, um, most of whom have got either no children or very few children, very few young people around. Uh, what we discovered during the first cohort was that the congregations that were actually in that position probably benefited most from growing young uh, and that surprised us. Um, but I think what Growing Young did was breathed in an expectation that things are not going to stay as they are and that actually things can change. When sometimes folk had given up and thought, well, it's okay for other folk, they've got that, but it won't happen here. And the congregations that we've got, we've been working with for the last six months. The coaches are working with them. I met with last month and they said, we're having to hold them back. They're coming up with so many ideas and things that they might do that we're actually having to say, please pace yourself. Don't try and do too much at once. So you've got congregations who've got virtually no young folk around who are beginning to see opportunities and possibilities and are, are excited about those and have got the energy for that because that excitement is there. And yeah, that certainly for me has been hugely encouraging to see that actually this, this can have an impact and most Church of Scotland's have got no or few young people around. And to think, no, here's something that actually will breathe in a hope and an expectation and that folk will pick this up and grab it. So um, our hope is, and certainly our early experience with this new cohort is that, no, this will have an impact even in places that have got very few young people around. Such a story um, of faith, isn't it? When we think about faith, having faith and having it for things that are not yet seen, you know, that unseen and just believing and hoping that they're going to come to the scene. It sounds as though there's some real stories there about inspirational faith and just going, OK, we're not seeing the younger generations, but we know they're there and we're going to do all that we can to let God create this culture that we are going to partner with that is going to make space for them and encourage them and grow them and just what great faith. Thanks so much for sharing that. F-A-I-T-H, fabulous adventure and trusting him. Graham, tell us if we are wanting to enter into this adventure with Growing Young, what might we do uh, to, to join in? My hope, kind of longer term, is that every presbytery will be able to offer a Growing Young cohort. So we are currently offering that in, in Lothian and the Borders. Um, we're even now beginning to look at whether there might be a second cohort after the one that we've got. But we'd be willing to support other presbyteries um, running this. We think that's where it belongs rather than as a national project. It allows you to have coaches working with groups of churches who geographically are close to each other. So if there are folk who are interested in developing something in their presbytery, then I'd be happy to speak with them uh, and happy really to support them if they want to take this forward. That's encouraging. That's helpful. And we'll put details of getting in touch with you next to our, our podcast here. And it's been fantastic having yourselves, Sheila and Graham. Thanks so much for joining in. And Ruth, what about takeaways from today? 
What things have come to the surface for you? Oh, takeaways from today. Right there about daring faith. You know, daring to believe it can be different. Daring faith to action what we believe. And that's what I'm hearing and what I've heard from today. Definitely what I'm taking away. That whole concept that, yes, dare to believe it can be different. Dare to believe that younger generations are interested in Jesus. He's interested in them. He's got a work going on there that we can get to partner with. And just action, that daring faith. Yes, and it's it's daring to listen as well. You know, it's it's finding and encouraging that space to, to really listen to people of different perspectives and different ages and to listen to our younger people, to hear what they really have to say. And, and as has been said, there is a great interest in the themes of faith. There is a, a, a real need for, for belonging, for, for purpose, for, for intimacy, for, for lots of things that, that really the church in Christ can, can bring and, and grow in our younger people and in our people of all ages. So yes, thanks so much for for sharing with us, Sheila and Graham. And those listening to our podcasts, we want to especially hear from you, please. We want to hear what themes do you want us to explore? What situations are you aware of? Stories that we could bring to the fore to tell that will encourage and challenge and stretch us. So come on, please respond and let us know. Well, fantastic spending time with you all. Blessings as we go. Thanks so much for joining us. In your neighbourhood trudged two dumped Jesus friends, drowning before dawning, moving through a maze of misery to an amazing Emmaus encounter. Emerging Emmaus. Good grief, our dream is dead. Going home instead, comfort of my bed. Good grief, the pain. Hope hard to sustain, love down the drain. Good grief, where have you been? What we've seen? Blown to smithereens. Good grief, how our hearts burned, our minds turned, or all we learned. Good grief, don't go away. Come in to stay. You've shown the way. Good grief, how he broke the bread with hands that bled, then disappeared. Good grief, Jesus alive? No need to strive chance to thrive, Jesus alive. Good grief, no time to waste. Now we have a taste to Jerusalem with haste. Emerging Emmaus, a well-kent lament echoes through the years. How long, how long? Good as is the grieving process, may it be a means to access visions and dreams of Christ's kingdom come, Emmaus. Emerge from the gloom. Come, Holy Spirit, come. So for future podcasts, join us via the Sanctuary First website, Facebook page and app, and also via Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Come on, tune in.